You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, we are about uh, a week from now. We'll sit down and record about this time, and it will be the conclusion of the 2019 NFL Draft. Um, but up until then, obviously, we got a lot to cover here. Uh, sadly, couldn't get to one yesterday, just uh, too much going on to lies. Do apologize about that. But we are back and at it today for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, remember, hands-free device, whether in your car or, you know, Alexa at home, play podcast, Locked On Browns, have the latest episode brought up for you. Uh, Pete Smith's in here tonight. This is one I wanted, was hoping to get to last night, but obviously we weren't able to. But I do want to uh, start with this, Pete. Um, you know, the Oakland Raiders, you know, look, anything they do right now, um, I don't know if maybe they've been kind of unofficially handed the, the dunce cap if, you know, that if... Sadly, the Cleveland Browns had to wear for a while, um, but you know, uh, you know, less than a week out, uh, which would be the, it would have been the night of day two. They, well, I mean, a you know, week before they would have started uh, rounds two and three. The Oakland Raiders have basically cut ties with all the scouts in the organization. It's not that uncommon, Pete, but it's certainly something that's not going to keep the uh, the jokes away or anything of that nature, Pete. Right. Uh, this is what happened when the Browns, you know. Well, 20 years of it. Uh, basically, if they did it, you know, LOL Browns because the Browns are bad, so this must be a bad thing, and there's an element of that with the Raiders. Um, you know, they set their board. They, uh, you know, are basically strategizing. I guess there were talks uh, that, guys, there, there were some leaks coming out of Oakland last year. Um, they're all Reggie McKenzie's guys. Reggie McKenzie no longer there. Uh, they're going to move on from all these guys, hire their own. So uh, evidently, they're just going to say, "Let's get, let's do it now." They don't need them for days one and two of the draft, where it could be interesting. Is day three of the draft when, when you start getting around five and onward, you are looking uh, at undrafted free agents. You're placing calls. You're talking to guys. Um, agents may have had relationships with guys. Um, you know, that sort of plays into the whole recruiting aspect of that. That could be interesting, you know, if it's if they're going to have coaches do it or they've got some other staff that could do it. But certainly, you know, these agents have a little bit more familiarity. Uh, you know, this could be an easy way to, you know, if they you know, really don't know the player, but they're saying we want you to come to Oakland and have no real rapport, uh, that could hurt hurt them in that process. So that will be what's interesting to look at. But as far as the draft part of it, it's not a big deal other than, you know, it's John Gruden and Mike Mayock running it, which is probably not going to be good. <laughs> but if you're Oakland, this is essentially what you hired Mike Mayock for. Look, I mean, this is, you know, the draft is supposed to be his life. So now the Oakland Raiders are taking a major gamble, gamble that Mike Mayock can translate that into building a successful roster through the draft. Um, you have three first-round selections here. Um, ideally, you, you don't need to... You know, hit on these. You need to hit the living hell out of these. Um, you know, similar to you know a Miles Garrett, David Ojoku, uh, Jabril Peppers Hall, at least where they were through year two. I mean, they need that kind of return rate here, and it's I, I, it's pretty simple, Pete. Obviously, where the picks lie within the draft, it's a very similar process to that. Um, Browns wise, um, you know, they could have done that last year, but a lot of people said, "Wow, well, they brought in Scott McClune." Well, part of the reason they brought it in is because, you know, you know, John came in where there were scouts on staff, and so what did he do? He brought in a guy he could bring in. Scouting contracts usually run from May to May. So, you know, if you take the job over after the end of a failed season, you know, as a new you know, front office guy, new general manager, 
you have scouts in tow. Uh, they may not be your guys, but you know you're, you're going to move on from them. Um, that's it's sad, but that's a scout's life. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, God bless you if you do it. I mean, that is a that is a tough tough profession. But I mean, this is what you hired Mike Mayak for. Um, is it going to translate? And we'll find out because you know he's got three first round picks here. Um, the Raiders have a ton of ton of holes. Um, so, so it is going to be interesting, Pete, because this is it. This is it on Mayock. I mean, there's one reason he's there for. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, Davis does. You know, he runs his franchise. I mean, he's a very big part of it. There's one specific reason Mike Mayock was brought in here, and it is to hopefully draft and draft well. Well, it's there to sit there and watch John Gruden draft and hopefully draft well. Um, you know, if it's if the picks hit, it's going to be John Gruden's success. If they miss, it's going to be Mike Mayock's fault. That's entirely. The way this is set up, uh, Mike fell in love with all the guys at the Senior Bowl. Blame him, right? Uh, there's just you know, Mike Mayock got the job he could get, and that's being more or less, you know, a guy who's willing to do all the grunt work and get none of the credit. Uh, but yeah, this is entirely set up for John Gruden to, you know, get what he wants. Uh, he did not hire a guy to make the picks. He hired a guy to help him make the picks. So. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and and you know we, we, when push comes to shove, uh, are they going to agree on those picks? Are, is there going to be a disagreement? I, I I would expect at this point, they're they're they've pretty much agreed on four, but when it comes to those uh, two two other first round picks and the second round pick and so on, um, are they going to you know agree? Because ultimately John Gruden's going to get what he wants, and Mike Mack's going to have to sort of suck it and like it and you know is there going to be a you know are we going to get reports of you know if a guy's struggling well Mike Mayock really wanted so and so or that type of thing you know basically Hugh Jackson playing out there so uh, Raiders are fascinating obviously they they largely control the draft um, because they have so many picks and with everything and there's going to be a ton of focus on them for various reasons including you know what does the Khalil Mack trade yield them what do some of these other moves they've made sort of work out? And, and yeah, Amari Cooper. And, and is this ultimately going to put them in a position to succeed, or are they going to continue to suck? <laughs> to put it bluntly, continue to suck. Um, I guess Pete, a, a week out here, and this is one name everybody wants to keep asking Browns wise. Uh, put a percentage rate. Jeffrey Simmons gets his name called as a Cleveland Brown sometime next Thursday night or Friday night. Twenty percent, I guess. I'd say, uh, yeah, I'd say it's pretty good. <laughs> I, I I think ultimately he's going to be gone before the Browns pick. Um, if he sit, if he's there at forty, I, I, there's a I keep going back and forth on this. There's a part of me that thinks like John Dorsey has invested way too much sort of capital on it. I suppose you know it'll sort of be forgotten if they don't get him, but he's just put so much out there. But I wonder partly if he's basically been doing this in in part because. You know, dating back to January, where like I think a report from like Tony Pauline saying, "Well, they're going to take Jeffrey Simmons at 17. Um, if if he's basically just using it as a giant cover to basically mislead everyone, and it doesn't mean he wouldn't take Jeffrey Simmons if he's there. But you know, Jeffrey Simmons could still end up going in the first round. Uh, you know, the the people love the talent, and if they're willing to sort of deal with the ACL and the baggage that comes with it." Um, they are going to bet on, you know, that talent will go earlier than, than maybe, uh, morality would suggest. 
just it should. So in that sense, you know, if Jeffrey Simmons is gone in the in the late, you know, the, the late first round or the early second round, and and he's never, you know, even in a conversation for the Browns, the entire time everybody's been putting them on this guy, putting them on this guy, and now he's sort of got a you know a blank slate in the same way that. You know, John Dorsey was more than happy to let everybody speculate about Sam Darnold and, and Josh Allen, and then ultimately took Baker Mayfield. Uh, speculation was on Bradley Chubb. They took Denzel Ward. Um, you know, maybe they could have traded down and still got him. Who knows? But certainly that seems to be working out. But it really does, whether he they do intend to take Jeffrey Simmons if he's there or trade up or get him, it sort of empowers them to basically let everybody keep talking about it. Oh, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly not gone away, um, and, you know, look, and, you know, the Simmons thing, you know, it, it, look, I, I feel bad for him to have to get injured during the process, look, I mean, yeah, his past this past, we've discussed that a million times, fantastic football player, there's no realistic option in the world, he's going to make it to 49, um, it, look, I, you know, it, it, it's, I just, I don't, I'm not paying the freight to move up. And, and now, for me, it, it is the injury. It's not that I don't think long-term he could be a really, really good player. But it's if I have all these aspirations for the 2019 season, the so the first pick I'm maybe going to make, it, you know, because if I'm going to have to move up to get him, I'm most likely going to lose 80. So that means I get Jeffrey Simmons somewhere in the first 30 picks or so, and I don't get to take another selection to 119. But yet this is a team now that almost, you know, viewed league-wise by the writers, this is a team that should conceivably win their division uh no i don't believe there's enough bullets in the holster yet so uh, i'd rather take a guy at 49 and take a guy in 80 who are at least going to be able to go from day one it's for me it's it's just it's just too rich even though jeffrey simmons is a fantastic player Uh, i do want to get to montez sweat now pete this now him saying he's not going to attend the draft this this worries me, and you know we we went through this last year, obviously with you know Hurst, and you, it's the worst thing in the world because, a number one, these guys have put so much in their entire lives. I mean, playing ball probably from eight nine years old, the ultimate dream to get here to this stage, everything he's done. He had a great senior ball. His combine was absurdly good, and now it's to the point now where people are questioning his health. And obviously with his heart, it's rightfully so to do that. I mean, and look, if you're the investment you're going to make in it. But now he's removed his name, said he's not going to come to the draft. It's just tough. These are the things that make me dislike the part of the draft. Because there's always a couple of guys every year where this gets put on him, and it's, it's just rough. Well, this is one of those things where, you know, this might be absolutely nothing. And it may be, you know, rumors put out there by other teams to try to get him to drop a little bit because they want him. Uh, this might, there, maybe there's something there. But the key difference is obviously Maurice Hurst was kept out of competing in the combine because they were that concerned about it. Uh, he ultimately got cleared and was able to work out at Pro Day. Uh, meanwhile, you know, this this kid is allowed to work out. Matis Sweat was not, you know, they, they, they picked up on the issue, but uh, they did not hold him out from working out, which makes me think it's very minor. Now, that minor might still require a surgical procedure ultimately, uh, which, you know, when it comes to your heart, you know, it's, it's and minor. You're 20, when it's on, and you're 23 years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's minor when it's on somebody else. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it strikes me as very weird that the combine would say, go ahead and work out. And then all these NFL teams would then say, oh, he's not on our board or all that. I, I am very skeptical of this whole thing. 
Um, and, and maybe, you know, maybe he ultimately decided to stay home for a completely unrelated reason. But it's also possible he sort of got wind of all this stuff and is basically saying, look, I don't want to be caught in a situation where I'm sort of hung out to dry in the, in the, in the green room. I ultimately think it's going to be a non-factor. I think he's going to get drafted very quickly. Uh, you know, I don't know about top 10 like Todd McShay was talking about, but I think he's going to go very quickly. I think if the, the, the timing of this is very fishy. Um, well, just, well, anything now. Anything now yeah. is. There's no doubt about that. Well, this is also about the time where, uh, you know, what's his face from Baylor? Uh, the Browns took uh, – Ta- uh, what's his face, Taylor? Uh, this was at the, the time where he, there was a rumor that his feet were, his feet were petrifying. Uh, so <laughs> you, you got to take all this with a grain of salt. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's nothing. But the oh, problem is we don't know either way. Um, and there, it's possible that some team did take him off their board. It's also possible that it was like one team and nobody else cares. And, and that team has team, four DNs. <laughs> yeah, and that, that that team is the one that's being heard. So, you know, then being reported. So now it's, whoa, this guy's falling. This guy's heart's, you know, a huge issue and all that. Uh, again, ultimately, I think it's a non-factor, but, you know, we shall see how it goes. And Maurice Harris went in the fourth round. Obviously, Montez Sweat, uh, I expect, still goes in the first round. Uh, they, who knows? Maybe Oakland takes him. They've already got one uh, that they're pretty happy with. Maybe they go uh, grab another one. And obviously, you know, we mentioned a bunch of times, uh, Oakland, you know, they, they did some work on the interior. Now it's time to help a little bit on the pass rush. Um, and look, uh, if you're looking for a team that might be wanting this information leaked, um, why are good teams good? Because they know how to play every aspect, the game, the draft, everything. So there could be a lovely play. There could be a playoff team sitting in the 20s saying, well, if Montez Sweat made it into range where we could go after him, that'd just be fantastic for us. Um, but look, I mean, you're obviously going to wish the kid the best. And look, I mean, if it's if he does end up dropping some and, you know, maybe this is the issue, I mean, you don't, you know, for him, yeah, I, I don't think everybody wants to see this, this poor kid in his, you know, 22, 23 years old, you know, his life unraveling on, you know, a television screen in front of everybody. We don't, you know, I mean, um, he doesn't want to see it, doesn't want to remember the greatest day of his life like this. Um, and, you know, I, I understand, you know, I totally agree with him for it. Um, guys, iTunes, rating reviews. You guys have been doing a fantastic job with that. Uh, please, uh, while you're there, open it up. Five-star rating, written review. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always helps the show. Uh, now, Pete, as we you know move it along here, um, it, it, I'm going to mention it one more time, Pete, because we just can't stop with it. I mean, it, you know, there's a certain team that really values Daniel Jones as the number one quarterback in the class. Please tell me they're not going to do this at six, Pete. Please tell me they're not going to take a guy. And look, I mean, I, I I'm not saying I'll agree with it at 17, but at least you have two first round picks. The New York Giants. You, you, do we really think they're dumb enough to take Daniel Jones at six overall? I think the Giants are dumb enough to do a lot of things, but I don't. I actually don't think they're going to take him at six. I think they're going to take him at seventeen and, and potentially be in a situation where they have to move up to get him, maybe slightly. But I mean, I, I, I mean, at the same time, you can easily make the argument if he's your guy at, at quarterback, never Just mess get it with done. it. Grab, get, grab your yep. guy. But uh, nevertheless. You know, I still think they're going to grab a defensive lineman early and, and get Daniel Jones later. Um, 
but uh, it's it's really hard to say because both situations they should have an option there, but um, it's let's the the first thing that needs to happen is Kyler Murray has to come off the board. Uh, if that doesn't happen, and oh man, so, so many mocks are going to be shot to shit right at the, right at the gate. Right, including mine. Uh, including but, everybody's. Uh, but, uh, you know, that needs to happen. And I think if there's a sense of order, then maybe teams are more likely to sort of, you know, then I think the Giants may be sort of w- willing to wait. Um, but I-, I think if stuff gets weird um, and they feel, like, uncomfortable and they just say, screw it, we're taking a guy, we're not going to mess with it, we'll, we'll deal with what we have at 17. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you know, th- either way, the Giants are going – Daniel Jones and defensive line in this draft. I hope at least. Um, so I mean, look, I mean, Quinnen Williams. Now you get the rumors. Maybe you know he could make it to six. Would you take Quinnen Williams over Daniel Jones at six? You, you better take Quinnen Williams over Daniel Jones at six. Um, or do you just take Daniel Jones because and say Montez Sweat at seventeen, which wouldn't be a, a terrible return anyway. Um, I'm talking about Montez Sweat, guys, not Daniel Jones. Don't don't do the Daniel Jones thing. And now you got people trying to twist it out there for the Giants. Uh, I think it was uh, somebody quoted Gil Brandt thought he saw Peyton Manning at Tennessee when he watched Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah, all right, uh, whatever you got to do to spin that one, guys. I, I I just can't at this point anymore. Uh, Giants are going to do what the Giants are going to do. And the best part is, is I don't think they truly know exactly what they're doing yet. Um, we'll get here. We got some questions here, guys. So, well, here's what just an interesting one off the bat. Uh, Pete Ben Watson is considering making a comeback. Anyway, it would fit with the Browns, but me personally, I don't see why he would want to come to the Browns and possibly be second, third, fourth fiddle at the tight end position. Although he's a quality vet. Yeah, I mean, he's got fond memories of Cleveland. He had many of his children here. But uh, <laughs> look, if he if, if he wants to come back, I assume he wants to play. Um, I don't. I don't assume he just wants to come back and ride the bench, which is likely what would happen in Cleveland. There are teams that need tight ends that he could help, uh, and you know potentially be in a playoff contender and, and and do that thing. Name name that jumps out at me would be the Kansas City Chiefs. He can be the second guy to Travis Kelsey there. Uh, you know, in in the fact that the Browns obviously signed their number two tight end, so that's an option that jumps out. I don't see much reason for him to want to come to Cleveland and, and ride the bench. Uh, you know, if it's, if he really wants a paycheck, I think he'd get a better paycheck elsewhere too, but I, it doesn't make much sense for either side. Um, I'll throw out one name for Ben Watson. Look, it is, it appears he's got, you know, maybe some sort of career aspirations as far as, you know, within the game. Why not the Rams go play, get an opportunity for a ring, you're not far at all from NFL Network, uh, so you know there could be something there. Um, you know, and you know, Rams are never you know, Rams can always find a way to manipulate the cap to get somebody else on in there. So maybe there would be something for Ben Watson. Go out there that way. You maybe you have to get your foot halfway in the door to NFL Network, and you know, got definitely obviously have a serious chance at you know headed to the Super Bowl. Um, thank you, Adam P, for that question. Um, Paul's saying we've gone over this one on once, but I guess we'll do it again. Um, the lack of urgency to lock up Schobert and Randall. I'll just I'll start with Randall, Pete. I think the thing was maybe the talks were nice and they were progressing well, and then free agency hit and these safeties cashed the freak in. 
and Dan and Demarius Randall and his agent uh, maybe their demands and what they wanted in the contract changed along with with all the money that was being handed out. Uh, it's one of those things you just don't know uh, where things are going to go. Uh, the draft, you know, may change things. Uh, you know, they the Browns may try to draft in case of you know his departure or letting him test free agency. And you know, if he doesn't get what he wants, and get, get him at their number. Um, he's not. Yeah, he's a nice player. He's just not. Nine to ten million a season worth. He's it's impractical. He can do a lot of things to help this team, but he's making more money now than he should by virtue of his fifth year option, which is fine. But you got to get him at a lower number, or the likelihood is you move on. Uh, which is you know they're going to have to make tough de- decisions. I'd rather keep Demarius Randall than than some of the players that potentially could be here next year. But again. You have to now make smart financial decisions, or you're going to end up, uh, you know, then being forced to do something else that you don't want. Um, but obviously, they could get after the draft. They could get into the season. They can get to a after even after the season and find you know they they are comfortable with a certain number and and get it done. But there's no, you know, I'm sure it's frustrating on some angle to you know to not have it done already because certainly the it seemed like um that this was really the move they wanted to get done but you know the market changed and and you know demary Randall can can try to maximize his value i can't blame him for that i just don't think it's there for him yeah uh and it's good you in the safety was i mean you think about you know like earl thomas the versatility he brings you know and look i still would have never paid earl thomas that money with his injury history and his age but you know, it, it's it definitely probably changed Randall and his camp stance, and you can't blame him. And if he puts together another season, you know, statistically and you know, like on paper and on film, like he did this past year, um, look, you know, you only get one shot to negotiate that second contract, and obviously you want to cash the heck in as much as you can on the guaranteed money. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to monitor with with Joe Schobert. Um, I I honestly don't know what it is. And look, Joe's got an opportunity here to go out and put together a third straight. 100-plus tackle season. Um, he has a reputation now, and he's shown now to be one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. Um, <coughs> a gun to my head, I'd say if you're going to get one out of two, Pete, I, I'd say you probably have a better shot of keeping Joe Schobert around than you do to Marius Randall. Not only do you have a better shot, he's the better choice. Um, I don't think there's any question about it. I think and especially should... Pete, who tells you all the time, it's okay to take linebackers on day three, that's fine. Now here's Pete standing up for Joe. Obviously, guys, you should realize what Joe is to this team. He's the one, yeah, I think I think the Browns are in position where they can pay one linebacker, and Joe Schobert's the one linebacker you want to pay. He does everything you want from from that position, especially with where the Browns are going. You've got Baker Mayfield, now you have an offense that should be able to put up points and you have the best coverage linebacker in the league at least you know by certain standards and if that's the case what possibly better situation could you have your, your biggest complaint is well he wasn't a good run defender this past year well he was a really good run defender the year before that when what he changed? had a defensive line <laughs> yeah so 
now he's in position to have an unbelievable year as long as the Browns, you know, don't have catastrophic uh, catastrophic injuries with Larry Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson in front of him. Hopefully, some more reinforcements coming to keep him protected. He's going to just absolutely crush this year. Uh, in addition to the fact it's a contract year for him, so he's already motivated on on top of that. But I would assume that the Browns should be saying, look, we want you here. We're going to do everything we can to get this done. Uh, you know, hopefully they're fi- they find a number that's good for both sides that, you know, secures his future, that the, the majority of his career is, you know, or the entirety of it is with the Cleveland Browns. He's younger than uh, Demarius Randall. He's just, you know, this is a, another situation. You're rewarding your own guy that you brought in, uh, you know, a big time fixture in the defense. Uh, no doubt. One of those guys that sort of helped change the culture. If you want to go that route, because he was actually here for it. He didn't show up, you know, last year and get on, you know, hard knocks and make a speech and go, Oh, that's the culture's changed. No, he was here doing the grunt work of being here, working his ass off, getting on the field and making plays uh, and, you know, representing himself really well. So he's the absolute guy you want to get done perfect world you get them both but it's no question to me joe schober's the man um well and the other thing and we'll go down this which we said you know and i think we started this you know when he, he was out for a couple of weeks which was the first football injury of joe's life um if you were going to draft individual players and do it that way of the browns defense he wouldn't be one of the top names to go um but if you saw anything from the three-game absence that joe schobert had last year that is that is your calling card. That is the resume for Joe. That is how vital he is. That they were lost. The the unit was absolutely lost. And the fact now that you have him around better personnel, Pete, he might not see a block in the run game till maybe week four, week five, if this plays out the way it is. And he's he as great as he's been for the last two years, he should probably be an even better player in twenty nineteen with the talent that you have now around him, and especially where his game has grown, his knowledge of the game has grown. And, look, I mean, slap a C on him, give him a damn contract, give him an extension. He's, this is, he is everything you look for in a good team, usually has, that goes on a nice run, has that middle linebacker who's the key to your defense. And Joe is all of that in spades, everything he does week in, week out. Paul, Dan, thanks for the question there. Uh, let's see what we got here next. Uh, this comes from Rogers. Uh, what player... Without the production and athletic profile, oh Pete, this is going to be a tough one for you. Do you still That's like? Easy. Do you even? Do you still like? Even though they would have made you favorites, Mullen, Ballantyne, Taylor, Polite, Hanks, Hodges, Jacobs, nope. Snell. Who, Pete? Who? Um, it depends. If you're saying that uh, you know doesn't have a perfect profile, uh, you know one of the guys I I really like is Sean Bunting. Um, if you're saying he has a terrible profile, um, then you're not going to get anyone out of me. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I guess you, I, I mean, I guess at that point, um, you could make a case for, for Dalton Risner to me, uh, as a center, um, because center doesn't have a ton of, uh, correlation in terms of athletic, uh, traits, but he's just an outstanding player, uh, and the absolute guy you would have, love to have uh, leading your offensive line group, nasty demeanor, just, you know, super supportive guy. Like, you know, the senior bowl, I don't, I don't assume this was an act or anything, but he's the guy who's just 
if he's not talking shit to the opponent, he's building up his own guys. He's cheering guys on. He's just that that dude. Um, and and, and it, there are probably guys who, who have at various points thought he was fake, uh, and he just brings it every time, and he's nasty and brings all those things. So Sean Bunting is a really great corner. Uh, I, I you know I wish he had better production. That's sort of what he's missing. Um, is there anybody else like that? Um, well, you're. I, I, well, you're searching around here. I'll go with, well, look, Polite, look, if he fell to 119, I'd be all over him. Uh, look, the tape was great. Look, uh, obviously, you know, but you would need to know what is in the kid's head. Um, Benny Snell, you know I absolutely love, even though the athletic testing was not good. Khalil Hodge, you want to tell me, Khalil Hodge, you can ha- you can get him as a seventh-round pick or, you, you know, undrafted free agent? I love the production. I really do, um, you know. Find some way. Maybe he doesn't need to weigh damn near almost 250 pounds, I guess. I, I, I like the player, though. I love the player. We love the player. I mean, you know, almost 370 tackles in, in your college career is fantastic. Find somebody, Pete. I mean, I would make the argument for for uh, the kid out of Wisconsin, the linebacker. I mean, he's slow as hell. Uh, but Edwards. he's really – yeah, T.J. Edwards is a really good football player on tape. Uh, yeah, it's it's that's one of those where it's just like – Ugh, it's just a shame he's you know tested so poorly. But yeah, I mean there are guys where it's like, you know, it's like last year when you know Minka Fitzpatrick didn't measure up. It's, it's heartbreaking from that standpoint because I really like the guy, but that is that is the process. Where uh, as far as I, I I do it, I don't. I'm not going to make exceptions for for guys I like, and then you know it, it just becomes a slippery slope. So yeah. But, yeah, Mo, Sean Bunting is the most interesting one, uh, especially if you like press guys. Um, he's very popular. I have a feeling he's going to go to the Colts at that second-round pick, but we'll see. Um, and just remember this one, guys, last year. Um, Derwin James over Minkin Fitzpatrick. That's always going to be a tough one for the Miami Dolphins to live down. Mink is a great player, but Derwin James is just – guy does literally – Everything you would ask of a player. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya and the personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Browns. Pete, okay, we'll go with this one here. All right, last year, what was your low point in terms of drafting Baker? And when did you realize we were taking him? For me, the worst I felt was a couple of days before the draft, Josh Allen buzz cranked up. Yeah, there was times in and out. Um, this is brought from Chris I. Uh, Pete, I don't think you ever wavered. I mean, you always felt 110% he should have been the pick. Were you ever concerned that he, they, I mean, I think he got yourself to a point where you thought it was going to be somebody else, though. Um, I, my, I was never convinced it was, I was never sitting there going, man, they're going to take Josh, uh, Josh Allen. Oh, no, I, we I, were never there. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be, I thought they were going to take Sam Darnold at points, uh, yes. but I thought he was a good quarterback. I, 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 that was my, I guess that was my worry that they would miss out on the obviously very great quarterback where the the issues that he had were largely contrived um but you know most of my frustration was with idiots who were trying to sell me tell me josh allen was great um which you know was infuriating and frustrating (laughs) but i whatever reason i just refused to believe that anyone's stupid enough to take 
Josh Allen that early. But then again, the Bills did, and the Bills now have Ronnie Brown at quarterback. So, yeah, good luck. Uh, look, I mean, he can throw that ball far. He can throw it fast. <laughs> um, whether or not he's made, you know, strides, I mean, we'll see. Uh, obviously, huge, huge, huge. Um, for me, it was – Yeah, I, th- I think we were pretty resolved into the fact, Pete, that we figured it was going to be Sam Darnold. And then, I, I, you know, I remember whether it was – you know, it was when everybody started to seem to get to Dallas, whether it was Ben Albright, whether it was Eric Galco, and everybody kept tweeting, wow, and wow, and that kind of let you know that maybe there was a shift in things, and maybe, you know, it was now kind of out there, and maybe it was, you know, and wow, man, it wasn't confirmed, wow, went, wow, all right, maybe they're, they're not going the grain we all thought, and which, I mean, everybody we talked to, it was, you know, and everybody was going to, you know, share, pass along information, text, whatever, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, and, you know, John played the greatest hand of competing against nobody, which he didn't have to do, but... He did it, and he did it well, and obviously, you know, it, it, it was Baker, and look, I mean, Sam, you wouldn't have gone 7-8-1 and one last year with Sam Darnold. You wouldn't have. Um, you know, that was the difference, and we talked about this, and, you know, and it was also, you know, what they said is we felt, you know, Baker was mature enough and ready enough to deal the, you know, to basically thrive in the chaotic environment he was thrown into, which was all true, and it absolutely 110% panned out. And, you know, look, I mean, Sam Darnold, go on, be a great, fantastic quarterback. Uh, Cleveland Browns are absolutely fine with the selection they made, and I don't think they're going to look back in that rear view one iota whatsoever. Uh, Joe Arnett. Um, wow, Joe, you must have missed a couple episodes, but I think we talked about him. Uh, I don't know if DeAndre Baker has been mentioned much, but thoughts on him. My thinking is, is a number one, look, I mean, there's we've gone over this a little bit here, Pete. You know, the, uh, you know, the meetings apparently haven't gone so well. Um, the testing didn't go very well. Um, maybe he's a nickel corner where we're looking to address this area in a big nickel situation where we're talking about, obviously, you know, guys like Juan Thornhill. We've talked about him at, at nauseum. I just I don't see any way DeAndre Baker would be a fit here. Somebody's probably still going to take that player before 49. For me, after the testing and the fact that he's a little bit, you know, I mean, we knew he was a little bit smaller, but the testing didn't match that, which you know, were hoping which was the case with almost everybody besides McCall Hardman this year from Georgia, uh, just completely off the charts the way they tested this year and not in a good way. Uh, DeAndre Baker, no thanks. Uh, Pete, I know he's not on any of the boards that you have for him. Um, so, But DeAndre Baker, I, I just I, I just don't see any way, any fit whatsoever. Um, DeAndre Baker testing was – his speed was okay. His agility is very good. His explosion is what hurt him. Um, his tape is fantastic. Uh, he is a guy where if you turn on the tape and you watch him, you know he didn't give up a touchdown for like two years or something like that. He's he, he's a terrific player. The question is, do, is he somebody who you know does he just sort of show up and it clicks for him? And you know to this point he's been able to sort of live off his natural ability. Uh, and the question sort of like, does he really want to be great? Does he want to put in the work? And there's Jamie a, Col- Jamie Collins type of personality. Yeah, that seems to be what you know what's being put out there. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But there is an element of well, he doesn't work hard, he doesn't study, and all this. And again, you go back to the tape, and you're sitting there going, "Well, he's great. Uh, he could be in his own corner from that standpoint." So, uh, you know, is he in the mix for the Browns? I don't know. He could be. Uh, I would think there are better options. S- certainly, if you're trying to play something opposite. 
uh, Denzel Ward that is significantly different. But, you know, if you want a guy who's shown the ability to make plays, cause turnovers and those things, you can talk yourself into him. Uh, and John Dorsey has done this. Uh, he did this with Marcus Peters, who the Chiefs traded the second John Dorsey got the door because he's a jackass. Um, <laughs> that's the concern you have is you're, you don't – you you have to be very comfortable with the person because it's possible that he's a jackass and you don't want him in your locker room and he's more in trouble than he's worth. Uh, but, you know, somebody's going to take him. He could be a really, really nice player. And he could also be the guy who comes in is great as a rookie, maybe great as a second-year guy. And th- this is what happened with Peters is that, you know, the longer he was there, the more people got fed up with his shit and then said, we got to get out of this Uh he, he, you know, in, in in Peter's case, he didn't tackle anybody, and he was he had no interest in run defense. And then, you know, they have a brawl, and he sided with the opponent because he was buddies with uh, cousins, Marshawn Lynch, cousins, uh, cousins. Yeah, so I don't know. That's that's the thing is, you know, what's noise and what's reality. Uh, you know, he maybe it's all crap, and and he's a really great player and a worker and a, and a a better guy than is being put out there. But at least in, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the the testing wasn't good enough in terms of explosion, which, which is always a concern. Uh, but he is a nice, agile cornerback with decent enough speed, not great. Uh, so that sort of limits what he can sort of do. He does seem like he's a nice slot guy now as opposed to a boundary guy. But if he is in the boundary, it seems like he's got to play zone. Uh, and Joe, thanks for the question. But I will also say that um, you go over to, you know, obviously a ton of quarterbacks been brought in here, you know, since John has made his way to Berea. Um, Denzel Ward obviously was given, you know, a little bit different of an exception size-wise. And look, uh, that's turned out in spades as long as obviously, you know, he can tackle better and keep himself healthy in that respect. But everybody else they brought in, you know, it was a si- it was a size thing. It was long. It was tall. It was long. It was lean. Um, DeAndre Baker doesn't fit any of that um if you said uh, keep Calhoun around for $2 million or draft DeAndre Baker at 49, I just would have kept Calhoun around for $2 million. Um, so that's where we kind of are with DeAndre Baker. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Sam Panics. Um, guys, if you don't know him on a timeline, Sam's actually pretty good. Uh, he's, uh, I have some nice conversations with him. Um, if the Browns were in a position to trade up for one of the Devons, how concerned would you be about Devin White's past? Uh, there, this is it, It's weird, Pete. Everybody loves Devin White so much, but nobody brings that up at all. Right. The only person I've ever really heard talk about uh, Devin White is Dan Brugler. Uh, and I remember, I, I know it was a Sunday morning, and like I caught it, and I actually sent it to you. I forget where I was. I was in like a weird place. I think it was like I think I was in the cleaners waiting for something, something for my wife to come out, and I was looking through it. I was like, "Whoa!" Because I didn't know it, and I remember I messaged you, and you were like, "Whoa, whoa, that's interesting." So there are some, you know, there are concerns, and certainly that factors into it. Um, you know, the, much as you're going to do with Jeffrey Simmons, you're going to have to make the decision because I, I don't think any of this occurred in college. I think this is all pre-college. If, guys, if nobody knows, it was some sort of in sexual encounter where he was significantly older than the other Which is party. weird that he ended up at LSU because they have a history of guys who may or may not have played quarterback with that issue. Um, that is, again, you do have to vet that. You do have to figure this out. Where where has this guy grown up? It's just like Jeffrey Simmons. You know, this was obvious for him is between graduation and, you know, when he set set foot on Mississippi State. Uh, it's, it's a no-go for me, but... I don't have access to him. I don't have access to Devin White. Um, 
So that is something you have to look into. And again, it's another issue with a, with a female. Um, it, it, albeit this time, it could have been consensual. Uh, this is one of those things where you get into a really gray area with, you know, that whole thing. But, uh, you know, th- certainly you're going to look into it. You're going to figure out where you're comfortable at. And it se- certainly seems like the Buccaneers are comfortable with it um, as they seem very likely to take him at five. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, you know, just let a linebacker walk out the door and then just, you know, because, you know, the guy who was never around and was injured and missed a ton of games and left for a whole bunch of money in another city, and when your team stinks and you have no future at the quarterback position or no game plan there, by all means, just go ahead and secure that middle linebacker because that's going to fix all the all the woes. Um, it's just weird, though. You know, I mean, we see everything, Devin White, and they talk about him with his horses and this, that, and the other thing, but... It's just interesting that that is not brought up much whatsoever. Um, D underscore no, obviously our buddy out of uh, from Australia. Ben Burkur, Ben Burkurvin, Pete, Cody Barton are both there. You're taking a linebacker. Which one are you taking? Ben Burkurvin. Uh, I have him ranked higher. Uh, I think he's got a long. I think he can project a will, which is certainly a more valuable position. I really, really like Cody Barton, but you know, in the very wor- worst case scenario, you know. He's a role player, potentially special teams guy. Hopefully he can give you that Sam Backer uh, role that the Browns aren't entirely sure where they're going to go with that. Uh, But how often do you want to have the Sam Backer on the field? Hopefully not very much, uh, save like the Ravens, uh, where you could theoretically have it all the time. Uh, But in general, uh, the Will Will Backer is significantly more important. And Ben Burkirvin's got just a – terrific profile in terms of production and athleticism um so that's the choice for me but i i do love what barton does uh what he offers and 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 sort of what he could be but i I think it's more of a case of where ben Ben curvin is right now i would say if greg williams was still here i would say cody barton where the sam the possibility is there that he's going to be on the field uh, every single play maybe cody barton would fit there but uh in this change now i do agree with you where ben curvin um, more, you know, the run, more run and chase guy, and the production is fantastic. I, I do agree. In this situation, it would be Ben Burke Irvin, but I have would have no problem a, a round later or another time. And look, you know, not too opposed to adding two linebackers in this class. Um, but Cody Barton, no, he's definitely liked on this show. That's that's not a question at all. Our good buddy Stephen Thomas. Odds of a trade up from forty nine. <sighs> Put a number on it. I, I'm. I'd say I, I, I'll put it at like the twenty percent because I don't think I don't think it's going to be ha- going to happen, which is fifty percent. Unless look, unless something changes in the coming days, uh, a guy like Gerald McCoy could lead to something like that. Who knows if he ends up getting cut or whatever? But I, I don't know. I, I think I I think the way it's going to work, and the reason I'm going to say this is I think the way it's going to work is I think the ball the board will fall to them. Right. Um, that's the key. And, and obviously, the, a lot of this comes down to who do they really want? Do they, you know, is Jeffrey Simmons sort of a, a real thing? Or is it basically a really convenient smokescreen that they're just going to let play out in front of them? Exactly. Uh, well, to the point, once you moved on from Odell, will everybody keep saying the Browns and Jeffrey Simmons? You know what, then? You're over there with the, you know, the old scissor thing that made the fire go and you added some air to it. You know, sure, why not? Keep telling everybody we love Jeffrey Simmons the way we did. Um, do I love Odell Beckham more? Sure. But, you know. 
if you know it's not if you want them your name to be associated with them even though maybe that you've moved on because now it's Sheldon Richardson in tow and it's Odell Beckham in tow and you thought maybe he was a guy at 17 and people want to keep mentioning your name have at it I'll say 33 percent uh so one out of three I a lot of this depends on where, where, what, what where reality is. You and I obviously love, you know, Justin Lane, uh, love Juan Thornhill, and yet everything keeps coming back. Well, the NFL isn't as high on these guys, and, you know, they'll be there. So how confident is John Dorsey? Assuming John Dorsey loves those guys, um, how confident well, look, I mean, is look, he going to be there? They've, they're, spoken they're, with, they've spoken with Justin Lane. Juan Thornhill did do a trip to Berea. So it's not like they're not on the radar. I guess part of it would be a run on D-backs, but go ahead. Well, that 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 is the question because I think at the end of you know round one, uh, early round two in particular, uh, you could see a ton of them go in a hurry. Uh, but just the way that people keep talking about the safety class, which has some really good players, it's with baffling. And yet they're sort of like, well, none of them are going to go in round one anyway. So, I, so I'll say one and three. I, I, I I'm I'm hoping it's the sixty six percent because again I you know maybe they're happy to give up Duke Johnson maybe they're happy to give up one of those fifths I really think they want to stay away from giving up uh, one nineteen and eighty uh, but you know maybe they, if they do give up one nineteen then they're going to try to fill that space and move up with one of those from one of those fifth round picks um, so we'll see uh, I. I it just seems very unnecessary unless, you know, they get really nervous and they and, and look, they are in a position where they're trying to get specific players and they want to ensure the, you know, the guys that can help them win are there, uh, and they don't miss out on them. So if they love a player, yeah, I mean, makes sense. <laughs> um, and then there was one follow up on that, and uh, this was from uh, Giovanni Ruiz, and I know P- Pete's touched on this little one. Um, this is UDFA route. Um, you know, there's some names that stand out, Pete. I think you talked about your Florida Tech boy. I know that. Yeah, um, well, certainly the Browns have had JT Hasselin uh, from Florida Tech. Uh, the guy that's interesting to me, the guy I think, if he's undrafted, will ultimately end up as an undrafted free agent. The Browns sign is Dylan Mabin uh, out of Fordham. Uh, but... You know, both the Bartons conceivably could end up undrafted if, you know, I, I, I think it's unlikely Cody will. But Jackson Barton could be a guy that they go after as an undrafted free agent. Um, and if they do draft Cody, it may be really easy to get uh, Jackson to come on down. Tay Hayes from Appalachian State, a corner, is interesting. Um, maybe, you know, this, again... He's got a significant legal thing ahead of him, but the guy I don't think will get drafted and could be there for the Browns to grab is uh, Johanna Gaifan from Wyoming. Um, you know, he's got, again, the charges are weird and uncomfortable. Uh, Almost makes you think he's got a little mental illness going on, perhaps. Yeah, but, I mean, he is a really good football player. Um, he's very athletic, has been very productive. Uh, you know, but... Yeah, and unfortunately, or unfortunately, depending on your viewpoint, John Dorsey has not been afraid to grab these guys. I mean, he grabbed uh, a dude last year who had, an, at that point, uh, at least it hadn't publicly been acknowledged that, you know, th- this particular defensive tackle's uh, no, legal they- liability had gone 
gone away. So they've done they've gone that route. Uh, they brought in a couple, you know, a DB uh, meander that had some legal. I mean, like three or four of the undrafted free agents had some some legal concerns. So that may be, you know, if, if he goes undrafted again, I think he will. And they want to sort of get a free look at a guy. Uh, Johanna Gaifan could be in that group. Um, Carl any- Granderson, his teammate, could be in that group. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, his testing sort of shit the bed. But, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's another guy. Uh, and then, you know, if they want a cheap running back who's relatively local, uh, I don't think A.J. Ouellette's going to get drafted. And if he's not drafted, you know, he's a really productive player, uh, really athletic that you could theoretically bring in for competition. Uh, and I will be, I, I expect they will bring in a quarterback of some kind that goes undrafted to, to, you know, be another comp, be competition for, in a camp arm uh, that, that is likely to happen. You know, there's some receivers that, that could be in that boat. I mean, that, and there's going to be a surprise that goes undrafted and, you know, more than one most likely. And uh, I'd be curious to see how that sort of plays out. I mean, yeah, because I mean, it'll be guys with medicals. Obviously, the guys you know lower down on the board on day three. Not people are gonna you know their medicals won't get the attention that a guy, the caliber of Montez Sweat does. Um, then there's obviously you're always your guys that are you know part of the uh, work release program, which John doesn't seem to shy away from. And you know some of those guys, um, that's where they're gonna show up. And look, you know John's not a uh, you know, one to gamble. But look, I mean, and part of it though is is if the Browns are really going, you know. When they dip their feet into the UDFA route, you might as well look to hit a home run because I mean, you know, with the way the roster is now, the you know the draft, uh, you know, obviously the, the selections the way they are now, I, I, you know, it's not. It's, I mean, UDFAs that are coming here, it's not going to be a great crop of great probability that you're going to have a shot to make this team. So I mean, you know, the in my opinion, yeah, the strategy should be for them to go the UDFA route. It should be, you know, you know. Go big, go bold, or go home. You know, so I mean, swing for the fences. Um, if it turns out the guy's only here a week, whatever. The guy was only here for a week. He was an undrafted free agent. You know, take it from that route. Um, Pete, I'm going to give you one before we go. Uh, gun to your head. How many QBs go round one? How many QBs? Let me think. Kyler Murray. Yes. Haskins. Daniel Jones. Haskins. Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. I'm not going to give the. I'm not going to put a fifth one in there. I. Jay Glazer hinted a fifth one. Um, Who would it even be? That that would be. Um, who are we missing? I'm missing somebody stupid and obvious that's shitty. Um, I don't know, but I got four. Uh, you know, one of them might be good. Um, I, I, I maybe two. I, I I just think two of them are going to suck or at the best be sort of functional, which is not really what you're shooting for in the first round. Uh, I guess. Maybe he's talking about uh, uh, about Will Greer. Maybe. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, that's please I'm, do it, please, yeah. please do it for us. I mean, if, if if we're going with what I hope happens, thirty-two. I hope thirty-two quarterbacks go in the first round. But yeah, I, I think four is about where we're going to get to. The the one that's going to be fascinating is if. Arizona takes Kyler Murray as anticipated, and the Raiders are sitting there with one of those late picks. Are they going to do something really dumb and take somebody uh, that John Gruden has fallen in love with? 
Keep in mind, he's never quarterback whispered anyone in his goddamn career, uh, but he's always regarded as a quarterback whisperer. Even, uh, you know, even Rich Gannon was a Marty Schottenheimer guy, yep. not John Gruden. So that that's the one where I'm curious if if he gets in his own damn way and takes a quarterback at the end of the, at one of the, one of those three picks. Ryan Finley, <laughs> yeah, Ryan. God, his nothing arm. Uh, yeah, that. The, God, they're bad. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'll go with four, and I will laugh at all of them. Nine more years, Raider fans. Nine more years. Hang in there, guys. Uh, Pete, anything to close with? I think we're good. No, the only thing I'd add is it wouldn't surprise me if Denzel Ward is already trying to recruit Den- uh, Dylan Mabin as we speak. That, there you go. There you go, guys. That would be the, uh, you know, and uh, you know, Pete can run up the film of the two of them playing together against his guys so uh you'll have that guys um we'll finish the mock draft we got that coming this week um we're gonna keep it fun i'm gonna find a way to maybe get these polls out earlier um i mean the question segment about earlier let you guys you know get you know have a lot of input here as we get into it like i said thursday night the plans are to record hopefully you know i'm looking to do two to three shows look me and peter are going to be back and forth the entire draft anyway so you know you'll get a couple of live picks from us maybe we'll do three shows we're going to keep those short maybe we'll do like in the you know the 20 to 30 minutes and you know we'll, we'll handle a couple of picks live and you know, obviously you know talk about everything that's been going on um also you know that way you know and, and maybe we'll be there for you know the last 10 12 picks so that way if the browns do jump in you guys can get a live reaction but, but you know we're, we'll get you a ton of content on, on that and obviously you know friday saturday you know a ton of coverage on that stuff and you, know, you can check everything out. Obviously, on Twitter, we'll be there as well. You know, with the presence, you know, in our reactions, just like last year, as it was. You know, the Browns are on the clock, and get ready, folks. Buckle up, because here comes Antonio Callaway. Those type of moments, which are certainly going to happen. Um, guys, uh, continue to read Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone. He's been busting his butt. Obviously, he's got the the uh, the 135, the top 50 Browns board. So check that out if you haven't read it over at NFL Spin Zone. Make sure you follow him. Closing in on 5K. At underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account at Lockdown Browns. We always keep it follow back. You guys, you're the best guys. You really are. You've, I, I'm enjoying that you guys enjoy the ride along with us. It just makes what we do every, you know, every day that much more meaningful. And just the anticipation for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, it's a little subdued. It's not like last year, obviously, where it was. You know, go get that guy. Get you know, we need the. You need the quarterback. You need the quarterback. And you know, this year it's more of a. Just get good players. Just get good players, good athletes that can do everything they're asked to do. Just go get those guys. Have a nice functional draft is what you're looking for, Browns-wise. Uh, follow me personally, at Jeff underscore, uh, underscore, uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, you know, just enjoying the ride here. It's it, it's the best time, but the weather's nice. Uh, you know, obviously Passover, Easter, everybody enjoy yourselves, enjoy your holidays, enjoy your families. I cannot stress that enough. As today is actually the six month, uh, six month, six months since my older brother left. It's amazing how fast time goes. But seriously, guys, days like tomorrow, enjoy your family. Even if it's stupid stuff, whatever, around the turkey, around the ham, whatever, around the keg, however your family does a holiday, enjoy each other, appreciate each other. It means do better a lot. than ham. You owe it to yourself to do better than ham. Grill your ham. Grill it. I am telling you right now. Smoke the ham. Trust yeah, me. It's- it, it's 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 a bullshit meat that needs help. Oh, oh my God! Uh, you're on the uh, uh, you're on right, the Uncle here we go. Chaps. Here we go. Here here we we go. go. Uh, Jeff, 
you have a choice to cook. Let's you're a magi- let's 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 assume that you're not full of shit. And you're a magician on the grill, or or whatever you do. Where where is ham on your list of meats you want to cook? See, but here's the difference. Ham is a good, ah! it's a good functional holiday meat. No, no, and that's not what I ask. Okay. Let's go. Where do you really want it? What, what do you really want to? But cook? it's Easter. It's I don't Easter. care what it is. It's it's a meal no, you like, like to enjoy. I'm, it's fine. Yes, smoked ham on the grill, smoked is fantastic. It tastes like bacon. Is there anything the wrong whole, with bacon? Ham. You just answered your own question with "it's fine." That's exactly what I thought. It's fine. Carlos Hyde is fine. Yes, that's the level of fine we're talking about here. You, it's there's so Easter. Many other you it's sit there Easter, and go, oh, what can I do with this? Not, man, I have to I have to fix this piece of shit. It's Easter. You're not cooking prime rib, for God's sakes, people. It's Easter. Not. It's Easter. You Make cook a new tradition. Ham. The tradition is eat well. Yes, and don't smoked ham. Don't choke down crap. Smoked ham is good, Pete. Trust me. It tastes like bacon. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You know what? You know what? I'd rather you know. Let's let's wrap bacon around like a you know a, a Cornish game hen or something along those lines. How about that instead of ham? Pete, some of us have thirty people at our our holidays, so a Cornish game hen is going to feed no one. Although Cornish game hen is good. Let's go, get just big old roast beef. Which would you rather have? I bet you'd rather have the roast beef. You don't eat beef. On Easter, Pete. Come on now. Let's give in. Let's give in to flavor here. <laughs> Pete, you want beef on a, you want beef on Easter? You have beef on Easter. It's Damn the, right. It's the traditional turkey. It's the traditional ham holiday. Pete's just now trying to change culture here, guys, and change holiday meals. You're damn right. I want people to have a, a good meal and not choke down their salty ass ham that somebody that that they're basically having to eat with like. Pineapple or some other fruit. Pineapple. Save it. Anything to save this poor meat from be, from from actually having to be tasted. That salty ass, chewy thing that ends up being better the second time around on a sandwich. Oh, we can eat in a sandwich on the first shot anyway. It's fine. Oh, Again, it's help. It's help. It's help. It's help. So now you've gotten your Easter meal ideas, guys. Um. But it's been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, guys, just you know, keep enjoying it, and thanks, everybody. Uh, but you know, the, the most important part, enjoy your families. Enjoy the time together. Look, uh, you probably don't get much of it, so enjoy it. Embrace it. That's the important part. Like I said, daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>